This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have another listener mail episode for you. Yes, and I am so excited about it that I know we've joked before, and it's totally true that we still write out the intros to these. Because oh, sure. I will forget, and I did just now. <laughs> yeah, that, that very opening line that we do, right. Like that is written in yes. our outlines every time. Yes, but for this one, I put an exclamation point at the end, which I've yeah. never done before. So I'm very, <laughs> very excited about it. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah, because you listeners, as always, you are so kind and you you send us these messages that we really appreciate you taking out the time yeah. to type and, and send our way. And they're so interesting and funny and lovely. So they're always so fun for us. And I love that. Um, I love that you kind of, will respond to other listener mails. And yes. It's so great. Yes. It's a it's a whole conversation and and that's also like uh I I I think I've said it before but this this thing called podcasting can be a very solitary uh mm. cuz you know like like right now it's just me and Annie like in our respective podcasting closets. Uh <laughs> Yep. <laughs> on a Skype call with our microphones, uh, you know, we're going to send the audio files to Super Producer Andrew later on. Uh, but it's just us. Mm -hmm. And and it can feel very small and quiet. And uh, so so getting that conversation, um, uh, getting that feedback 
is so wonderful. It is so beautiful. It really, really is. And we recently sent out a call for, you know, we said we were doing this episode. You know, if you want to send something in, do it. And you all came. You answered the call as you always do. Yeah. Yes. But that being said, if we don't read your message in this one, because we did get a lot. um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We will read it. Um. Yeah. This is by far. Like, as long as you guys still write in, we will still do listener mail episodes. So. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So never fear. Also, we are in the ninth listener mail, I believe, which means we're getting into really interesting title opportunities, <laughs> which I love. I love, I love, I love, I love. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Well, will we, at a certain point, will we have to start, like, making up our own bizarre uh, sequel title ideas? <gasps> oh, I would love that. Okay. Wow, I just got really excited about that. <laughs> oh, my, because I was like, we're going to be done with Star Wars and I could do like a Rogue One thing. There's still other Star Wars movies, but they're not like, you know, the numbered ones. Sure. But whoa, if I could make up fake Star Wars titles for listener mail puns, that would be. <laughs> I'm not sure I can think of anything better than that. That's, that's layers. <laughs> that's like just puns all the way down. I, <laughs> I like this. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. So clearly we're very excited. So let's let's get into it. Yeah. Yes. So, Shauna wrote, There are so many episodes that I want to respond to, but I like to let the episodes build up so I can binge listen while driving to and fro. Doing it this way makes it so that I don't remember all the episodes I want to respond to. This is a good thing for (laughs) y'all. It means that by the time I do get around to being able to shoot off an email, I don't have as much to say. (laughs) That being said, I'll just quickly touch on three things that I remembered I wanted to share. Down Abbey. I know you didn't do an episode of The Foods of Downton Abbey, but I fully agree with the listeners who suggested it. I learned about the show right before the four seasons started when my public library hosted a Downton Abbey tea party. We all dressed up and brought our own teacups, and the library supplied the snacks and asked trivia questions about the show. After it was over, my mom and I immediately went into the library to put a hold on the show. After the first episode, we were hooked. We now own the full series and the movie and are impatiently waiting for the second movie. English muffins. Earlier this year, I tried my hand at English muffins. I started by going onto YouTube and watching multiple videos so I could have a good idea of what and how. I actually ended up adapting a no-need ciabatta recipe I found and was very pleased with results. I plan on making more once I can remember what I did with my recipe. Ooh. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. Yes. Um, Yes, and I love this Downton Abbey party at the library. That sounds so fun to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love I love it when libraries throw, throw parties. That's the best. Yes. When I was in middle school, my local library would throw kind of like aimed at middle schoolers, like get-togethers, and we did like murder mystery things. Those like games you could play. Um, and it was just really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. And I love, this sounds like a delight to me. So. Yes. We will definitely get to the foods of Downton Abbey one day. One day, one day. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I guess there's, there's new stuff coming up. We can maybe time it appropriately for once. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That'd be cool. We'll see if we can do it. Oh, yang, yang, yang. Um, (laughs) John wrote, and there's a lot of Japanese in this one, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can. Okay, here we are. Uh, first, a video and news article on the wine bath in Japan Lauren mentioned in the Beaujolais Nouveau episode. 
Uh, basically, the wine bath is a tourist attraction, kind of gimmicky bath, but in the video is part of a hot spring area with some seriously good baths. Located about an hour from Tokyo, in an area popular with tourists from Tokyo, uh, this is the only wine bath I know of and could find. A few areas of Japan grow grapes, some produce okayish wine, but no other baths have wine in the waters, I think. Uh, flowers and yuzu citrus in the baths are done in a few places. And so then, uh, yeah, 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 here's a, there's a little bit of a, of a news bleep, 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 bleep here. Yeah, sure, sure, one of those. Okay, um, so yeah, uh, it, it says, Visitors toast with Beaujolais Nouveau wine while the drink is poured into a bath in Hakone, uh, Kanagawa Prefecture on November 18th, 2021. So, yeah, uh, here's here's the little, little news bleep, indeed. Uh, visitors to a hot spring theme park in this East Japan town celebrated the release of this year's Beaujolais Nouveau wine on November 18th by dipping in a bath infused with the alcoholic drink as they imbibed. Since last year, this annual event at the Hakone Spa Resort has been held in an open-air bath to avoid confined spaces amid the coronavirus pandemic. On November 18th, the sommelier, uh, Yusunari Kuajima, poured new wine that had just been opened into the bath and visitors toasted to the word Beaujolais. The French region of Beaujolais suffered unseasonable weather this spring but had plenty of sunshine in the summer. Kuajima said that this year's wine has a scent like strawberry jam and it, quote, Tastes fresh and typical of Nouveau. The wine bath will run until November 23rd. Wine is poured in twice a day at noon and 2 p.m. Um, and I'm so sorry I skipped over the name, the name of the spa resort because uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's too much. My Japanese is not, not that good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back to John's note. Yes, Beaujolais Nouveau is popular here in Japan. Gotta get a bottle this year, yay! My favorite bath found in only two towns in the country. You wear a, a light cotton kimono, a, a yukata, and the staff bury you in hot, wet volcanic sand. It feels like a friend giving you a bear hug, or you're a potato wrapped in foil, gently steaming. Second, did Lauren mention eating small handfuls of hurikake, a rice seasoning, in one episode, maybe this summer? I do that, too. Yes, I did. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Question, any favorite varieties or flavors? I was very surprised you read my letter to Annie about the tea. It was so different from the usual letters you read, and I'm honored. Love all your episodes and letters you read. Scallops are my favorite seafood, raw or cooked. A shockingly easy and impressive scallops recipe. Mix breadcrumbs, melted butter, salt, and or seasonings. Use that to cover the scallop meat. Bake a few minutes. Super tasty. Ooh. Right? <laughs> That sounds delicious. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'd need to start, like, stocking frozen scallops or something because every time y'all write in, I'm just like, oh, no, I need, I need right scallops now. right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Heck. Yes. And thank you for this uh, experience, this personal note, I guess, because <laughs> we asked for, you know, what what is this wine bath thing in Japan when we did that Beaujolais Nouveau episode? And thank you, thank you, thank you for sending this. This is very, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um right. I uh uh I, I had only found like one small news clipping about it. And so it's oh, it's it's really oh and I'm sorry that my Japanese isn't better. Uh but <laughs> my favorite, um, in answer to your question about Furikake, uh, my favorite varieties are just the really simple, like like I just want something with like some sesame and bonito flake and that's really my main requirement, like a little bit of seaweed <laughs> in there. 
Um, I, I like I like the simple stuff. Like I don't go too crazy with the with the cheese whiz, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> kids don't say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything. But <laughs> um, uh, and I know that they make all sorts of like fancy flavors. And I do have some like uh, uh, what's it called? Like like shiso. Uh, Kurikake in there, but yeah, most of the time, just classic bonito flake is what I'm looking for. You know, sometimes that like just simple, it works for a reason. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. Oh, my other favorite thing to do with it is um, I'll just like make like a bowl of rice and slice up an avocado on top of it, and maybe if I have like a a a mango or like a tomato or something like that, slice it up on there too, and cover it in like too much kurikake and just eat it for Mm. lunch. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Jen wrote, I'm so excited you took my suggestion to do an Adventure Time episode. I've been low-key obsessed with the show since watching it for the first time with my kids about a year ago. I'm not sure how I slept on it for so long since my partner and I are huge animation nerds, but it was a delight to discover with my then two- and five-year-old. I was so glad to hear that Lauren had caught up with the most recent Distant Lands episodes because they are truly fantastic and the LGBTQ representation is so refreshing. There's even a non-binary character in the newest episode, Wizard City. Annie, if you haven't caught up since 2014, you really need to watch the rest. (laughs) There's even a Fiona and Cake miniseries that was recently announced, which sounds like it's going to have all sorts of crazy multiverse shenanigans. I really enjoyed the episode. It's hard not to grin like a lunatic when hearing people discuss Adventure Time. <laughs> I think my favorite food in the series, aside from the <laughs> um, was the brief mention of Meat Man, just for the disturbing question it raises. One of my favorite memeable images is Jake staring off into the distance with a haunted look saying, I think I'm going to stop eating Meat Man. Speaking of not eating meat, it's implied in the Stakes miniseries that all of the vampires before Marceline murdered them all could eat red but chose to drink blood for evil reasons. So that means Marceline is the most hardcore vegan ever. (laughs) As her characters, my favorite is Marceline by far. Her relationship with Simon was what first got me really invested in the show. And while I'd like to pretend I'm as cool as her, I'm probably more of a random goblin or maybe science cat (laughs) if I'm lucky. My now three-year-old daughter, despite claiming to be deathly afraid of Marceline, loves to hiss at people and show everyone her baby vampire teeth and carries around a mini ukulele that she calls her base. My son (laughs) identifies most with Finn due to also being a human boy and having long blonde hair. The first thing I think of when considering Annie is her vast costume collection, which makes me think she's kind of a shapeshifter like Jake, as well as the more laid-back attitude and love of food and games. Lauren seems more like a take-charge leader like Princess Bubblegum, though hopefully without the hidden dictator streak. (laughs) Finally, you guys have mentioned poutine enough now that I think you've worn me down and I'll have to go grab one. Luckily, good poutine is available anytime at pretty much anywhere you go in Canada, which is why I limit myself to it once or twice a year. Looking forward to the next craving or new food discovery. I recently was in Guatemala and tried horchata, which I had never heard of before your episode on it. Speaking of that trip, the best new food I tried were the Belizean Fry Jacks, big puffy pockets of fried dough which were served at breakfast, either with jam on the side or stuffed full of beans and eggs. Amazing. Worth an episode? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yes, that sounds so good. I haven't heard of that, but I would like seven of those right now, please. Thank you. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for I love when people write in what characters they think we fit the most <laughs> with in these shows. Um, I will say that I don't think Lauren has a hidden dictator streak, but excellent is in there. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that, Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, Who's really pulling the strings at D&D? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, what? Is that an evil laugh I heard? No. 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 Well, I'm so glad you're enjoying Adventure Time and you enjoyed the episode we did on it. It was very, very fun. Um, Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I definitely got to catch up. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. All right. Yes. Things for us all to work on. Um, Well, all right. We do have more listener mail for you here. We do. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. 
And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Hannah wrote, When I heard the listener mail from a few weeks ago about food labels from different countries, I knew I needed to share my story. A few years ago, I was visiting some family in Boston with my parents. My mom had heard about durian recently, so when we went to a Vietnamese shop to get banh mi for lunch, she decided to get a durian smoothie as well. She hated it from the first sip, and everyone else, except my dad, thought it was disgusting too. I'm not sure if he actually liked it or just decided to finish it rather than waste food. I really love mooncakes, so I bought what, according to the package, looked to be taro-flavored mooncakes. The ingredients listed the things you would expect—taro, flour, sugar, etc. But when I opened it, I noticed it smelled a bit funky. After taking a bite, I was wondering if it had gone off, but it looked perfectly normal. It took a little while to put together that the smell was similar to the smoothie my mom had gotten. I looked at the ingredients list again, but didn't see anything like durian listed on the English label that had been stuck over the Vietnamese writing. Then, in the process of looking up what durian is in Vietnamese, I realized something. The huge picture on the outside of the package was a durian. I guess they just figured the main ingredient didn't need to be listed if there was a big picture of it on the front. I think my dad ended up eating those as well since no one else would touch them. Since then, I've been more careful when buying things that might have had durian snuck in. I'd planned on going to Southeast Asia in May of 2020, oh, and might have gotten up the nerve to try durian again, but alas, that trip was not meant to be. I'm sure I'll get there eventually and try it again one day. Yes. 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 Well, I still have that durian ice cream. <laughs> oh my goodness, really? Your dedication is really impressive. I definitely would have eaten that at some point over the past wacky year and a half. Uh, It's in plastic wrap, Lauren. So once I open it, I think that's a done deal. And I really want to try it together. (laughs) Okay. All right. Now I see you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, well, we'll just have to, we'll just have to do it. We'll just have to do it. It will be at our horrible slash very fun slash going to be a disaster meal we're planning of all these foods <laughs> that we've said we're going to try. <laughs> oh, it, it is certainly like an unexpected taste, Darian. Um, if you're, if, if you're not, especially if you're not looking out for it, like it's, mm. cause it's kind of like, like, like gar- garlicky almost. And yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, in a way that I think, like, we've had some, like, durian pastries and stuff that I thought were quite good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's got a weird savory note that, especially in something sweet, is kind of like, well. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I'm excited to try. I'm nervous and excited, I'll say. Just the smell. <laughs> I'm actually very sensitive to smell. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'll get my old clothes pin out. Uh, <laughs> do that number <laughs> but we'll make it happen one of these days yes 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 
Uh, Sierra wrote, I was inspired by some listener mail a couple of weeks ago where someone explained their initial distaste over the use of brown gravy for poutine when they were expecting sausage gravy. I fully understand the sentiment because in general, I do not like brown gravy, but for some reason, I find poutine to be the only appropriate use for it. Huh. But this got me thinking. Poutine with sausage gravy? Sausage gravy equals biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy, breakfast? Poutine for breakfast! <laughs> So behold, breakfast poutine complete with sausage gravy, maple sausage bits, cheese, and poached eggs. I suppose this is technically more like disco fries for breakfast, but unfortunately I do not keep cheese curds on hand, which is something I now think I need to remedy. Is it photogenic? No. But it was delicious. <laughs> Next time I'll make sure I have cheese curds and I'll try to not tremendously overpoach my eggs. But even with those setbacks, I highly recommend giving poutine for breakfast a go. Oh, you don't have to twist my arm. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. It looked so good. It sounds delicious. Yeah. Definitely get some cheese curds. Now I'm like, how can I get some cheese curds? Right. Yeah. See, I, this is, this to me sounds like an undertaking just because I have none of those ingredients. Um, but I'm not, that doesn't mean I won't try it. Oh, absolutely. Mean. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I also do understand that it's not technically that difficult to poach an egg, but I've never done it very successfully. Mm, so me either. <laughs> but I do love a poached egg. I love a poached egg. You're so good. <laughs> it's like the like, ultimate you have egg. So much better than the other eggs. Right? Heck. It should be impossible. Oh. <sighs> um, well, yeah, goals. Okay, breakfast goals. Here we go. Yes. Yes. In the meanwhile, Vivian wrote, I was super excited to hear you guys mention a Zazania latifolia on your episode on wild rice. I learned about this fabulous species a few years ago when I was visiting my grandma in Beijing, and she stir-fried some stems for lunch. The stems are known as the vegetable, uh, uh, say it again for me, Annie? Chiao bai. Chiao bai, uh, where bai means white for the color of its stems when peeled. It's truly delicious. The texture is sponge-like, sort of soft and crispy at the same time, a little similar to bamboo shoots, uh, fresh, not the canned kind. Uh, perhaps you cut it out for time, but I was surprised to hear you not mention the aspect of this vegetable that astounded me when I first read its Wikipedia page. Uh, to quote Wiki, uh, the success of the crop depends on this one fungus. Uh, the grass is not grown for its grain, as are other wild rice species, but for the stems, which swell into juicy galls when infected with the fungus. When the fungus invades the host plant, it causes it to hypertrophy, um, its cells increasing in size and number. Infection with the fungus prevents the plant from flowering and setting seed, so the crop is propagated asexually by rhizome. New sprouts are infected by spores in the environment, which is generally a patty. Now that's wild, wild rice. I haven't tasted this for myself, but the same fungus also turns corn into a delicacy. Ooh, okay, okay. Huh. That is interesting. That is super interesting. Yeah, um, I kind of like put that entire type of, uh, of of rice plant, wild rice plant to the side uh, as we were discussing the American grain version. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would love to return to all of this. And I, yeah. I have not heard of this particular type of propagation before. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that, that is indeed wild. That's great. Yes. And also, um, as we discussed, Lauren and I did 
order some wild rice. Oh, from, have have you used yes. used yours yet? Yes, it yeah. was so good. Oh, it was yeah. so good. Oh my gosh, I was blown away. Um, oh, I haven't I, cooked I, with mine yet. Okay, I did like a because I had a bunch of ingredients I was trying to get rid of, and I happened to find a recipe that sort of used all of them, mm-hmm. and it was a pretty savory like. Mm, herby. There was some Parmesan cheese in there. Ooh. Oh, and some chicken. And it was so good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness. Well, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it is all gone. <laughs> oh, I'll have to I'll have to figure out. I'll have to figure out something cool to do with it. Yes. Yes. Highly recommend. Um, OK, I love this. We have a couple of emails about baby corn. Oh, uh, yay. <laughs> yes. So Bart wrote, I always love it when a new episode of Savor drops into my podcatcher, and I was extra excited when I saw you had an entire episode dedicated to one of my absolute favorite little vegetables, baby corn. I was shocked to hear that fresh baby corn is difficult to find in the U.S. Here in Ireland, it's the opposite. All of our supermarkets stock fresh corn, Mm. but I've never seen canned baby corn. Canned sweet corn, sure, everywhere, but never canned baby corn. Hmm. It's one of my weekly staples, and in these pandemic times, one of my biggest first world problems was the national shortage of baby corn as India went through a bad wave of the pandemic. I actually went hunting for canned baby corn so I'd have something, but to no avail. (laughs) I love baby corn on its own. Brushed with oil and grilled in a George Foreman, fried in an air fryer, or roasted with fresh herbs or some Tabasco sauce. Mm. And I also use it a lot to add color and texture to roasted vegetable mixes. My absolute favorite is baby corn, baby cucumbers, shallots, and sweet peppers roasted, tossed with some olive oil and a few slices of garlic before being roasted for 40 minutes and then sprinkled with a little soy sauce before serving. A close second is baby corn, sugar snap peas, shallots, and Italian herb seasoning roasted for 30 minutes. Fresh baby corn are well known to be great in anything cooked in a wok, but I also love adding them to sautéed vegetable recipes like sautéed celery, cucumber, asparagus, or runner beans. Anyway, baby corn rocks. <laughs> huh. Yes! I want to try it so bad. This sounds so good to me. Oh. And this I didn't know that about Ireland. Yeah. That you have all this fresh baby corn and you can't find canned baby corn. Wow. Huh. Yes. Huh, I say. <laughs> Indeed. Now, I oh, I'm so curious about how this happened. Um, okay. Yeah, me too. Oh, cool, though. Cool. All right, we're coming over. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> oh, um, don't worry. We would never show up unannounced. I, I don't even I don't even call without texting first. Are you kidding? Um, okay. Okay. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, also about baby corn, Jenna wrote, I love baby corn too. Growing up, we didn't eat out much, but our homemade stir fries included them. Everyone liked them, so I wasn't able to stockpile them. On a different subject, uh, when you were talking about cute and gigantic food, that somehow made me think of something big on a stick. I came across this years ago at work. It became a family joke as we tried to figure out what that thing on a stick was. All we know was that they were sold out at gas stations and convenience stores. Have you done an episode on food on a stick? Ooh, we have not, but it has long been on our list. And we did do a short video when we were still making videos of our time at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Georgia Renfest invited us out um, and we uh, and, and very, very generously 
gave us this huge sampling of the foods that they serve there. Many of them were indeed on sticks. Mm -hmm. All of them were ridiculous and delicious. Yes. It was a good day. (laughs) It was a really, it was a very early, strange, good day. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so if you can find our video on that, goodness, I don't, I, I have no idea if that's still on the internet right now. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, occasionally I get the urge to watch, like to remind myself of better times. For for some reason, Aww. especially the B one, but we, we did the mead thing at the Ren, Renaissance Festival, um, and it got used in the episode we did on honey. Right. I just loved Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that honey episode. Uh, such such a deep dive into insects, which, you know. Yes. I guess we should have figured, but <laughs> was kind of a pleasant surprise. It was. It was. As with all the food on the stick. But yes, we are definitely planning to do an episode on that. Yeah. I, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Danielle wrote, First off, I just want to say that I've been listening to the podcast ever since the very first Food Stuff episode Aww. and love all the insights, random facts, and tangents you bring for each and every topic. Thank you. Um, through the show, I felt like the two of you are my entertaining, informative, and comforting commute companions. Aww. But anyway, the reason I wanted to write is that I found fresh baby corn. Not sure if it's in Trader Joe's stores everywhere, but they have it here in San Francisco. Until listening to the episode, I didn't even know that fresh baby corn was a thing. So when I saw it, I had to write in. Oh. Yes. Oh, goodness. Now I have to check. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, this is, okay, this is this is your, this is on you, Annie. <laughs> okay. Help That's me, what... help me, Annie. You're my only baby corn hope. <laughs> I'm going to show up at your house with just a bunch of, like, <laughs> random small packages of fresh baby corn. Oh, that would be so weird and great. That sounds right. <laughs> Savers sphere, weird and great, I hope. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's yes. on brand. Yes. Um, well, we do have a little bit more listener mail for you. Uh, we do, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene. 
Mais l'instant, on le business. I understand now. It's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Um, Sarah Beth wrote, Love the podcast and couldn't resist writing in. I've been living in Asia the past 12 years and was flying back to the U.S. for a brief sabbatical. But how could I pass up the opportunity to stay halfway for a long layover? So, I booked a house on the outskirts of Paris, but near a metro station. As a surprise, my brother-in-law and mother surprised my sister with tickets to meet me. After walking around and eating way too many crepes the first day, if there is such a thing, we decided we had to pace ourselves. Every 10,000 steps, we would buy a crepe. Walking around Paris all day, 20 to 30,000 steps in a day was easy. By the end of the trip, we were eating a crepe any time one of us got 10,000 steps, which came out to five to six crepes a day. <laughs> what a life. It was a great trip full of great memories. Thank you, ladies, for all you do and bringing back so many good memories. <laughs> that sounds so delightful. <laughs> Oh, oh wow. That is, that's wonderful. <laughs> Five to six crepes a day, surprise visit with your sister. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. And also, right, like if you're going to be on a flight that long, you might as well, you might as well mm -hmm. stop halfway in Paris. Yes. Why Very not? much approve of that plan. Yeah. Um, and also good on you for pacing yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's important to, to 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 set up a structure for your intense crepe <laughs> related. We know all about that. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Erica wrote, I just listened to your episode on crepes and I was reminded of one more Vermont thing you can investigate. Skinny Pancake. Huh. It's a local chain of restaurants that feature, you guessed it, sweet and savory crepes. There is also a location inside the Burlington Airport. My current partner and I went on our third date there and unfortunately have not been back since the pandemic happened very shortly afterward. I think about visiting the restaurant frequently and my craving increased when I listened to your episode. Typically, I am not a fan of the sweet variety, but after listening to your episode, a Nutella-filled crepe might hit the spot exactly. 
Might I suggest, though, the Johnny Crepe or the Green Mountain for y'all, and then dessert, the Sugar Shack. I hope you get to visit my home state soon. <laughs> Ooh. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that all sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. All right, Vermont. I, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's do this thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's do it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, related. Sheldon wrote, just listened to your talk on crepes today while I was making pretzels for my granddaughters. When my kids, uh, first language French, were learning English, they used to call them skinny pancakes when I would make them. At least around here, probably not in France, what English call pancakes are also called crepes. Uh, My kids did not think that English would use the French word, so they just called them skinny pancakes. (laughs) And if you're ever in Quebec City, you have to go to, oh, Annie, can you help me out? Au Petit Coin Breton, I think. I'll go with what you said. Thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> you, have to, you have to go to there um, for the best crepes this side of the Atlantic. Service is a bit slow. The crepes are about 30 inches in diameter, so you can imagine they can't cook many at a time, but the wait is worth it. After cooking, they're filled and folded to fit on a plate. Uh, that sounds amazing. It does. <laughs> it's, it's so strange to have so many cravings at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my body doesn't know what to do. <laughs> oh, mine does. Mine is like we are on this. Um, but no, I oh, I haven't gotten crepes yet either. Crepes and poutine. Yeah. Those are the two. Those are my holdouts. No, I still <sighs> haven't gotten scallops. Oh. I, oh, okay. You got to right. catch up, Lauren. I do. <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> I remember a couple years back, a listener wrote in about, I think it was a Thanksgiving celebration, a holiday celebration of some type they did with friends where they, everybody just bought whatever they were craving. And so you just have kind of a very, wide variety of foods. Huh, uh-huh. So I'm I'm feeling like that's kind of what we're planning here. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Huh. Or or um or or you've described um your very American what was it? Was it a fourth of July or a Christmas celebration? <laughs> yeah, my my fourth of July celebration. Uh that was thrown yeah. for you by friends overseas. Uh mm-hmm. like like y'all were like in China at the time, I think. Yes, and they were yes. like, What what's a what's a feast for Americans? Peanut butter <laughs> and jelly <laughs> and spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> It was great. It was so sweet. I did really love it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Well, we have another crepe message. Mm. Amanda wrote, was listening to your crepe episode and just want to hopefully make you less worried and let you know crepes are indeed very easy to flip. Mm. Granted, mine typically end up a little thicker and less giant than you would find at a crepe restaurant, but my five-year-old typically helps me flip all of our crepes now. (laughs) Aside from video games, he is indeed very uncoordinated in his everyday life. (laughs) They are also pretty easy to make. It was one of my brothers and mine go-to things to cook for some reason when we were children. My recipe is one egg per person plus a couple more. Add an approximately equal volume of milk and beet. Slowly whisk in flour till just a little thicker than whipped cream. Maybe melted ice cream consistency. 
couple pinches each salt and sugar and one to two tablespoons melted butter. My secret recommendation is to let the batter sit overnight in the fridge to dissolve the lumps of flour. Just give a quick stir and add a bit of milk if you feel it's too thick in the morning and you are ready to go. I typically make whole wheat crepes to make myself feel better about eating them. The whole wheat batter does look a little weird in the morning after sitting, but a quick stir and it cooks up perfect and delicious. And also much easier having it pre-prepped. My favorite way to eat is to rub with a stick of butter quickly just before removing from the pan, roll and dip in maple syrup. Berries and whipped cream are also a fave over here. I couldn't find a picture of my boy flipping crepes that I thought I had, so here's a picture of him discovering a leak and immediately recognizing it and pretending to be far-fetched. <laughs> um, in agreement with the listener mail on the crepe episode, may I also chime in and say your video game, D&D, and other nerdy asides are my favorite part of your podcast. <laughs> also, another listener mail reminded me I meant to weigh in on ghost kitchens. Here in Winnipeg, I thought a ghost kitchen was just a new restaurant that was open for delivery only, perhaps to save money on dining space. Usually, it's really great, amazing food, too. I'm actually ordering food from one sometimes. <laughs> you got to pre-order like a week in advance, but their food is top quality. I have never heard of or found this chain restaurant just relabeling part of their menu thing. <laughs> That's fair. I actually thought, I think that is a thing as well. And that I thought that might be what a ghost kitchen was, too. Um, so that makes sense to me. That makes sense. Um, also, like, like I said in the email response to this, I appreciate, once again, that you have enough faith to think I'm as coordinated as an uncoordinated five-year-old because I'm not entirely convinced that I am. Um, but... <laughs> um, I, you know, it's probably, it's probably all in the, in the, in the technique and, mm. and, the, and the confidence built uh, from trying it a few times. I feel like that's very diplomatic, but I also agree. I agree. <laughs> I think it is a confidence thing. I think it's like, I just panic at yeah. the last moment, and then it's too late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is what I learned from axe throwing last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I thank you so much for the, the recipe. It does sound fairly easy. Yeah, I believe you. It's not that I disbelieve. I don't think you yes. would lie to us. Um, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Uh, uh, okay. I do love the uh, that your son immediately thought of Farfetch'd when yes. he saw a leak. That's hilarious. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of this. Oh, and dipping in maple syrup? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Gotta try it. Gotta try it. Yeah. Um, Sam wrote, not only are early Betty Crocker cookbooks collectible, uh, which edition you have also matters. The early editions were published in two formats, a standard hardcover and a five-ring tabbed binder. Because of the inherent design drawbacks in ring binders, these survive much less often in good condition and hence are more desirable. A good ring binder copy can bring as much as 75 bucks. Whoa! Yeah, um, I I actually do have one of one of my early Betty Betty Crocker cookbooks is in the ring binder format. Um, it is not in great condition. Um, it's it's <laughs> very it's very delicate because um, the paperboard is kind of peeling away from the from the metal binder uh, situation. 
Um, and it, and it is like, like I, I handle it gingerly, but for sure I was looking up a recipe one day and one of my chef friends was over, um, this was way in the before times. And, uh, and he like did a double take and, and it was like, it was like watching Gollum see Frodo <laughs> handling the ring. And I was like, I was like, are you okay, dude? And he was like, I really like that book. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so intense for a minute and I was just like would you like to look at the book he was like yes <laughs> <laughs> then he runs away the music swells <laughs> intense looks are shared yeah runs away with the book <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure where I'm not sure where I got that one from either if it was a used bookstore find or if uh Oh. If it was a hand-me-down or what, but wow. I mean, it's 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 beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah, and uh, Sam, uh, Sam has a first edition of the Betty Crocker cookbook from 1950, eighth printing ring binder. Wow. Yeah. That, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the a, a um uh wow for the actual <laughs> edition. I was more wowing at at Annie's um. Uh, recall on that because that's intense but cool well let's hope that I got it correct I think I did (laughs) um but yeah yeah that's that's really really cool I love that thank you for sharing yes yes okay and I also love this this is our final message of the episode Matthew sent us this email with the subject line candle related anxiety um based on something Lauren has said about right Uh uh-huh uh-huh and it read simply do you seek the name, capital N? A reckoning is not to be postponed indefinitely. That's all it what? said. What? And, okay, what? I'm glad you didn't know either. So I was like, I'm nervous, but I'm going to look this up. <laughs> um, and it is a game uh, where I am to understand that seeking the name is very complicated. And so I responded to Matthew, and Matthew followed up. The real trick is that for the full impact of seeking the name, you have to, like, really get into Fall in London, which is the name of the game. I mean, like, dump a couple years into it, really get to know the game, the city, the mythos, then seek the name. It is one of the more disturbing experiences I've had in a video game. Actually, as the game will frequently tell you, you should not seek the name. It is a foolish thing to do. So it's complicated. I looked up how to do it um, because I'm so glad that... So many of you have written in and said, I love your D&D and nerdicides because we love them too and we are very nerdy. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're not going to stop. We, I don't think we can. No, so, I don't think we so can So it's either. good that you don't hate it. <laughs> yes, exactly. But we love when you you all send them to us as well. Yeah. Um, so I was excited to learn about this, but I think, um, and I'm very like basic Wikipedia understanding, is you need, you get candles as a part, they're key into seeking this name thing. So that's hence oh, the candle-related okay. anxiety. Yeah, yeah, and 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 right, and and fall fall in London being um, a uh, mostly text-based game. Yeah, I think so. Yes, yes, because yes. I because I know I know it's been around for heck and ever in internet <laughs> time. Um, which which might be I, I I like don't have information about it up. I mean that could be from like. I don't even know what year it is right now. I was just trying to do math. I was like, it was from like five years ago, like, and then my brain went, ding, 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 ding. 
The old hourglass. Yeah. It was 95. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. uh, here you go. It's it's been it's been around since 2009 at least. Um, so yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I haven't I haven't played a game like that in a very long time. Um and I've never gotten into Fallen London. Um but but I'm glad I'm glad that it sparked uh nerd joy. Me too. And it got me thinking, I believe there are two other games I've played where there's candle-related anxiety. Oh. Um yeah, like what is the name of that? I played it right when the pandemic started and it was just poor timing. Um but it was about <laughs> all the rats. <laughs> Plague. <laughs> but you had to have okay. a candle or the rats would eat you alive. Oh. Your candle oh, went out. So you had to time it and light things oh, yeah, properly. Yeah. And then I know, I think Amnesia, which is also a horror game, has a candle-related anxiety. Because, I mean, that's okay. a very fearful thing of, like, your candle going out. You have to time things. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, light in horror-based video games is absolutely a uh, scary, scary mm. thing. Like an, um, uh, yeah, Silent Hill when it's not mm. a candle but a flashlight. But if you yes. if you use the flashlight, you can see things, but they can see you. Uh, yep. <laughs> is is a very, very frequent in horror games uh, trope, and that yes. <sighs> <laughs> It's just so stressful. Like, is it better to not see what's coming? I'm not sure. (laughs) Oh, I think about this all the time, Lauren. As someone who watches a lot of horror movies, plays a lot of horror games, I think about it all the time. (laughs) Well, on that note, (laughs) I actually really enjoyed looking this up and learning about it. So, thank you. And thanks to all of you listeners, sincerely. We love, love, love hearing from you. Yes. Um, all of these these letters were fantastic. Again, if we didn't get to yours, promise we will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, thank you. And we hope that you have a safe rest of the year and happy yes. holidays if you're celebrating anything. And happy yes. rest of the year if you're not. Exactly. Happy times all around. Happy <laughs> times all around. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. And keep those messages coming. Mm-hmm. You can email us at hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! The park! Give me a woo! 
If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.